Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. tonight's three segments. All of them are part of our Age of Heroes, and our quest is optimal wellness for all. We begin with Mythic Fitness with Michael Del Russi of Bold Spirits and Holistic Concepts. Michael has started a new series of shows uh, for your enjoyment and for your instruction. And without further ado, I bring you Michael. Good evening, Hercules. It's great to be with you. Uh, Once again, together we make another evolutionary jump into holistic thinking, uh, something I call the wisdom of the hemispheres, where creative concepts supported by analytical evidence come alive for all that can receive them. And uh, with that, I'm greatly honored to be with you. The same here, and uh, your new series, uh, what you shared last time, got me very excited. I'm very glad that it's uh, continuing today. Well, thank you. I want to share a short uh, body sculpting reflection, if I can. Sure. Uh, I remember back in what was considered, I guess, the golden age of body sculpting, uh, that being the middle-late 60s. Uh, I used to hang around with my, I used to hang around with bigger guys than myself, mostly. Uh-huh. And we used to debate back in those days uh, what was more impressive uh, size or definition. And they, I remember some of the guys I used to uh, circulate with. They, one of their favorites at that time was Dave Draper. And you yeah. remember him. He was also known as the Blonde Bomber. And my, my favorite at that time was Harold Poole, who was uh, known for his uh, muscularity, uh, muscular density, and definition. And we would debate which is more impressive, which is greater. And I was just reflecting on that today, and it made me realize that now we're in a time where, indeed, holistic training can be the reality for us all, and that we can train both uh, the white muscle fibers and the red muscle fibers 
together in the same workout to mm-hmm. attain a, a holistic physique. And back then, it wasn't quite looked at that way. Uh, and I was just thinking about that today and how far we've come with the science of muscle cells and muscle fibers. And now we know we can achieve both muscular separation definition and train for size as well in the same workout. So I thought I'd share that with you and get your reflections on it. Oh, that that would be uh, great. Uh, I aim for both uh, personally uh, myself, so I'm sure I'll learn something as you share your findings. Uh, I know you're training with the X3, am I correct? Yes, currently uh, my training is primarily with the X3. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. uh, exercising six times a week for around 10, 12 minutes um, each mm-hmm. uh, workout, and uh, mm-hmm. I've uh, slowly been easing into uh, the dietary uh, considerations uh, also, which are basically um, intermittent fasting. And uh, then Mm -hmm. uh, he had to watching gluten and the glycemic index uh, and then basically uh, switching to a ketogenic uh, diet um, Mm -hmm. that was very low in complex carbs and eliminates processed carbs of all kinds. So uh, now, are you still utilizing weights in your training as well? No, I wanted to give this a chance. It's a 12-week uh, program, uh, so right. I wanted to get to it to see what would happen. The only thing I do now is I was missing my stretches and my meditations and things like that, mm-hmm. uh, so I reincorporated uh, those rather than waiting, uh, but they, they mm-hmm. really have nothing to do with the workout. It's, uh, it's another dimension of my being, so I've just added right. that. And since I've added mm-hmm. that, I've got a, a lot more energy. <laughs> so really? keep, yes, yes. The the meditation and the breathing and the stillness mm-hmm. and the uh, visualizations and the affirmations and the uh, talking right. to the universe or praying, all, all that I found just phenomenally important to my well-being. And uh, doing that doesn't interfere with this workout at all. So uh, I'm doing it again. Well, I think, you know, we know that everything – Everything in existence is made up of atoms, and I think those atoms and those molecules are affected by our thoughts and our sensations, as well as other external forces. So I think, yeah, I think uh, from a standpoint of emotional health, as well as physical, I think all of those practices are vitally worthwhile. Um, and I know that you, uh, because you exercise holistically, and I've tried some of the exercises, techniques you've recommended, uh, you're very much a proponent of these things as well. Absolutely. Uh, I engage in a white light meditation uh, okay. where I simply sit down and I, I allow the white light, which is really the source of all different colors, as we know, it's the foundation of, of, of light. And I simply take in that white light through the top of my head. At the same time, I imagine beams of white light coming to the palms of my hands and slowly uh, filtering, flooding my body with goodness. And with that, as I'm doing that, I affirm uh, a wellness in body, mind, and spirit. And I definitely also feel a difference after putting myself through that type of meditation. I call it a white light meditation. And uh, I definitely feel it. I actually feel the physical effects of it. So okay. there's something there. There's an energy. We know that atoms are in the air itself. The air is full of atoms. So, you know, and I believe they listen to our thoughts 
and our intentions, I absolutely do believe. And, and of course, quantum physics has shown that. So I believe there's a definite effect mentally as well as physically. Um, do you find that visualizing different types of uh, light uh, work uh, has different effects? I've been experimenting a little bit with that lately. Uh, I know in my Olympian uh, meditations, the light that usually comes is uh, like it's it's a white light, but it's tinged with gold. It's like a mm-hmm. golden white light. And sometimes mm-hmm. when I do um, other types of meditations, I'm filled with a blue light or violet light, and that that seems to come from meditation itself. But I hadn't really thought to like spend a, a different each day doing a different color. Although at some point I probably will. But uh, have you ever experimented with the different colors light? When I first when I first became uh, aggressively involved in metaphysics, and I studied uh, um, the chakras. Uh, yes, I did. Uh, the crown chakra being purple, I believe, a deep purple, and the the base chakra a red, and going uh-huh. on from there. Yeah, so I did at one time, and then I, I as I was studying Christ consciousness, and, yeah. and and studying some of the teachings and the meditations or reflections of Jesus Himself. Jesus talked about light, light. He constantly mentioned light, but he didn't mention colored light. <laughs> So I I interpreted that as going back to the basics, which of course is white light, which is the foundation of every every other color in the spectrum. So for me, uh, I decided to utilize the basic foundation of all light, which is white light. But I believe there is benefit in in experimenting with the different colors of the chakra and whatever. Yeah, I believe for some there is definitely a benefit. I think it could actually alter the mood depending on what color you're utilizing uh, during your meditation. So, yes, I think it's worthwhile. And I, there was a time when I was engaged in chakra meditation, if you will. So I think there is benefit to it. And in your holistic practice, you've also integrated East and West, past and uh, present. Uh, so that's an awesome thing in that you've uh, um, found wisdom, you know, uh, uh, far and wide, and you've been able to integrate it all together. Well, I think you know. Again, when we as we become more efficient and utilizing both hemispheres of the mind to make the best possible decisions in our lives, that goes right along with our training. And I think uh, last time we spoke, we talked about bicameral training. Training yeah. from both sides of the mind, utilizing what we the basic foundation exercises that we were introduced to in our younger days, that the compound movements that uh, build the larger parts of the body and affect larger, but then also utilizing creative ideas. I know that Larry Scott used to always say, and it still stays with me, just by turning the dumbbells a certain way, a different angle. If hits the muscle in a certain way and can achieve a different look and perhaps a more desired look. And you say just by well, just by angling your bench in a, on a, in a different way, ex- experimenting with angles, and that's what I call creative training. And that's creative. That's training out of the right hemisphere of the mind. So I think you know, no matter what we approach uh, uh, within life, I think training. Uh, from a holistic perspective is an exciting way 
to pursue our goals, whether they be spiritual or physical. Um, I agree. Uh, and uh, I found that having spiritual goals as well as having uh, physical, emotional uh, goals is very, very uh, important uh, because that's a whole aspect of our being that tends to get uh, neglected. And uh, some would say it's, it's a greater aspect of our being than uh, what we experience here in the material world. Well, absolutely. I believe that also. I believe, and uh, at some other point, I'd like to delve deeper into it, but I do. I believe I was uh, gave a talk last weekend to a small group on pantheism, and okay. it fascinated me. Pantheism is basically a doctrine which identifies God with the universe, and God actually is the universe, and, is, and the universe is a manifestation of God. Uh, and... Uh, it, it worships and tolerates other gods as well. It's a religious belief that includes the entire universe and the very idea of God. And uh, in, in fact, in Greek, pan means all and theos means God. So, yeah, you know, all-encompassing. Pantheism, it was popularized by uh, the philosopher Spinoza, and a cos- cosmo- cosmologist, I believe his name was Bruno. And they popularized the idea. And the interesting thing is, I believe there's a direct parallel between, again, the atomic structure, which, which is in all things, and the idea of God. In fact, you know, this is where, and we've heard this so often, especially in metaphysics, this is a place where science and spirituality does meet. Well, you know, if you look at it, yeah. There is a place where science and spirituality meets. When you see there's a basic foundation to everything material, one basic force, one basic type of atom. And the only difference is these atoms vibrate at different levels, uh, different levels of of activity. And that change, in fact, uh, Nikola Tesla said, if you want to find the secret of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Uh, Einstein said everything is energy and vibration and he said that's all there is so I think there's a definite connection between the atomic structure as we know it scientifically and the idea of God if you will whatever one may perceive God to be and I think within that field there is an intelligence so it's fascinating when you we begin to link certain discuss, scientific discoveries with what we've been seeking spiritually. That, that is very exciting and a very worthwhile uh, exploration. Um, and living with that belief uh, gives you a totally different experience of reality than uh, living with a more uh, limiting uh, b- belief. Like, for instance, uh, I'm finding that a lot of people like living in a universe full of conflict. Uh, and that uh, if you don't think in terms of conflict, your universe becomes uh, less uh, conflicted, less turbulent, just by changing the way you look at the universe or you interpret uh, what is happening to you. Not that there isn't conflict, there sometimes is, uh, but if you right. don't approach the universe in a very defensive or offensive, uh, uh, combative way, uh, you no longer live in that type of universe. Well, I would tend to agree with that. I think it, that's a, 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 a spirit of refreshing. I think when you, if you can, if we can manage, and this is the hard part, at least for me, 
if we, you, we can manage on a daily basis to face life as it is, our, our, our relationship with people uh, for perhaps uh, attention on the job or whatever we may be dealing with in life, with that kind of approach, that it's really like one, uh, one uh, physicist said, uh, it's really a self-aware universe. If you can take three deep breaths and simply use that as a mantra, it's a self-aware universe, I am part of it, and all is good. And if we can maintain that energy, that consciousness throughout the, throughout the day, every day, I think our whole everything in life would be changed. We could definitely change the tensions and the aggravations and the stress in our lives and transform them, transform them into something beneficial. Oh, I agree. Um, and uh, experimenting with that uh, is something I would uh, recommend uh, to everyone. Um, I remember, like like everyone, I've I've been conditioned, and you have all these like negative voices inside your head all the time. Mm-hmm. And if you look at them and you try to figure out whose voices they are, and you've discovered that they're your relatives or other significant adults uh, that, that were telling you things when you're growing up. Uh, once you can see their origin, you can start dismissing some of them. Um, exactly. And before you know it, you wake up one day and there are no negative voices in your head at all. And not that they don't come back occasionally, but you know how to deal with them. So you, uh, you know, send them uh, off on their merry way again. You just don't feed them. But uh, um, it, it is an amazing thing to wake up and to discover that that chatter uh, is not a normal thing. We don't have to have it there all the time. That We can get rid of it. That, that's so refreshing, so empowering. Well, and again, I think that's where uh, certain techniques in psychology and certain beliefs that we can adapt in spirituality can meet. And together, uh, working with them appropriately, we can definitely have a more peaceful life on a day-to-day basis. We can experience more peace in in every area of our lives. But, you know, it's like when we walk into the gym, it takes work. You know, anyone that says, well... Uh, you know, I'm just, you know, I have this uh, loving spirit is with me all the time. Nothing bothers me. You know, I'm walking on a cloud. <laughs> well, you know, from my perspective, that just doesn't happen. It's like anything else. The spiritual energies are there that we can right. integrate into our psychology. But we have to impact those energies with the right thoughts. And that's, well, that's a mental and a spiritual workout. But it certainly is worth it. It's worth the effort. Almost certainly so. Uh, I know that uh, 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 the son of Carl Sagan, I believe his name was Dorian, uh, he wrote a book, and in it he was talking about uh, uh, God. God and nature are one. God is one with nature. And again, if we, I think that's a a very wise approach to life. Again, if we can uh, adopt that mantra on a day-to-day basis that the God source, the God force, whether we believe it or not, is is contained within everything. It is in everything. And that's what pantheism really teaches. I, I personally believe when you look at science and the world around us, it makes a lot of sense. Everything in the world is made of atoms, from the desk we sit in to the chair to the air we breathe. So there is a basic creative force that exists, and we know 
that that force can be impacted by our thoughts. We know that through some of the experiments as long ago as uh, five decades have shown that thoughts can impact the activity of atoms. Uh, So it's, it's an exciting science and one I think should be delved into more deeply. Uh, that's very true. And uh, uh, someone in the Orient, I don't remember uh, his name offhand, uh, uh, but he did some experiences, experiments with water, showing that uh, certain types of uh, uh, thoughts, words, and actions affect the crystalline structure of water, so that uh, kindness and love and patience have different uh, positive effects on the water, whereas more uh, negative emotions have uh, uh, negative effects. And you could see it in the shape of the water crystals. I remember that. You're absolutely right. I remember those experiences. I forgot uh, the name of the practitioner who delved in that uh, experimentation, but I do remember that. You're absolutely correct. And that was a fascinating, and it, it, it just validates what we're discussing here, that their thoughts uh, can impact things. I mean, there, there's no question about it. Now, how would you integrate, like, for instance, when I uh, work out, I integrate them by doing the, the meditations. I basically, uh, at some point with the visualizations, uh, I see my body going through the motions. I feel my body going through the motions, and I visualize the changes uh, I would like to uh, make as if they're already accomplished. And I, and I get to feel what that body uh, feels like, you know, what that level of health feels like. Um, and I, I just see the, the whole thing is uh, complete and is being complete. Uh, and then each time I do that, the memory of what that felt like uh, gets stronger and stronger, and it lasts uh, longer and longer into my non-meditation, uh, my non-exercise life, if you will. Well, I think I think that's an extraordinary technique, and I though, though I don't utilize it myself. Uh, you know, I'm an <laughs> I'm an A-type personality, and sometimes I have to work on calming my spirit before training amongst other things. But I think that is a fantastic technique. And yes, I think that can only enhance your workout before and after. So I think that definitely those visualizations, Arnold used to say when he did concentration curls, visualize, and you may have read this, visualize your bicep peaking like a mountain like a as you're doing yeah. concentration. Visualize your bicep growing right before your eyes. Arnold used to always talk about utilizing that visualization in his biceps training. So, yes, I think that's a fabulous technique for those who can take the time and utilize it and integrate it into the training. I think it would benefit everyone, absolutely. And I think Arnold, uh, you know, you, although Arnold wasn't a good exemplar in all spheres of life, uh, he certainly <laughs> was in many of them. And uh, he uh, wrote, he had a list that he used to read every day and he used to read it out loud. And I remember, I think it was in Pumping Iron, uh, some of the people in there were making fun of him in his list. They were saying, oh, yeah, he says he's going to marry American royalty and he's going to be governor of California. <laughs> and they were laughing. And he, he managed to do right. that. He married uh, and uh, he was governor of California. Uh, so Arnold made his list and he reinforced it uh, daily. Um, Steve Reeves, so we, as we've discussed in the past, he knew what he wanted and he mm-hmm. asked himself, how is this 
particular passion or this particular activity going to get me the things that I want, you know, to, and help me create the life that I want. So that's another approach uh, uh, to doing that. So these bodybuilding greats had a lot to offer us uh, in terms of uh, um, inward techniques. And uh, even though some may not call it uh, spirituality, it is a spirituality right. of sorts. And uh, we can learn from them. Well, it is because they're utilizing that unseen force. You know, you mentioned Arnold. <laughs> uh, you made me laugh because, yeah, he's a, a diverse character. And in some respects, I mean, we all are. You know, we all are. Yeah. But, uh, but I think in his raw... I think Arnold, in his raw, childlike enthusiasm, I think that had a lot to do with that. He had this raw, childlike enthusiasm. Uh, he may not, he obviously wasn't trained in advanced metaphysics or meditation. Uh, that was probably unknown to him, I would imagine, in his youthful days. But that raw energy, I think, matters. That raw, childlike energy. He was determined to get what he wanted. And he didn't care how long it took or how he went about it. And I think that's that's powerful. You know, someone, yeah. a metaphysical teacher once said, if we could speak positive words with the same force that we speak negative words, uh, who knows what we can create in our world, in our universe. So, yeah, I think that raw energy, that raw thought of I'm going to achieve it no matter what and blocking out everything else, I think that's that's important and can take us – who knows where? I, I agree with you. And that's why I like uh, your show, because in your show, you deal with uh, uh, the metaphysics uh, to a much greater degree than most. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, uh, in the, uh, uh, there's, the, the caveat to that, too, also is what I do take exception to. And uh, I, there's a, we have a lot of gurus out there. And you may have right. noticed manifestation gurus. And, uh, you know, it, like attracts like. Positive vibrations will bring everything good into your life. Uh, you know, just, uh, you know, constantly be positive, visualize your very best, and it will happen. Well, I believe to a large degree that's true. Uh, some seem to indicate that nothing negative can happen. I always like to say, well, we, that's why, again, we, we dwell in the bicameral experience because God, whatever you perceive God to be, provided us with survival mind to an extent, ego and the id, if you will, and creative spiritual mind. We need survival mind to to to, to make it in this material world. And the fact of the, of the matter is, sometimes bad things happen to good people, and we don't know why. We don't right. know why. That's just the reality. So while I absolutely believe in and in, in, in visualizing for your very best, I also caution some that we don't have all the answers. Even in what we're discussing now, we see all these possibilities. But I believe there's a greater voice, there's a greater intellect, which we are connected to. And again, that's why I do believe in pantheism. The God force is in and around almost everything, and science validates that. But there's also an intelligent a consciousness that may have the last word. It may have the last word. So, you know, we know that in this world, no matter how positive we are, not everything is positive. So we need to utilize both analytical survival mind as well as creative spiritual mind to make the best possible decisions in our lives without, of course, abandoning uh, rationality 
if you will, because being rational does play a, play a part in our successful thinking. We are entering a time, or we are in a time now, where uh, rationality does not seem to be as valued <laughs> as it once was. And uh, historically, uh, this had happened in Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, all the science that they had gathered from the Mediterranean world over centuries uh, was burnt a succession of times. The library in Alexandria, uh, for yes. instance, an example. Uh, and yes. uh, that story's played itself out uh, very many times, and it, it, it happened before, and it can happen uh, again. And reading the intellectuals of those times, they didn't believe that it could happen because mm-hmm. they believed they were they had evolved uh, you know past that that humanity had grown past that but it seems to be the lesson of history that uh, although some in humanity may have the humanity as a whole has not um, and uh, that the mob mentality when it seizes people they, they often do things they wouldn't do as uh, individuals so um, I agree with your uh, being uh, cautious you know absolutely. Um, there's a famous story about uh, um, how uh, uh, an acolyte uh, in uh, an oriental temple once realized that they're God, you know, and everything is God, you know. And uh, so right. they're walking down the street, oh, you know, I'm God, and the sky is God, and uh, right. um, what do you call it? The, the ground is God, and that tree is God, and those peasants are God, and, you know, you just kept going and going. And somebody, uh, um, on uh, an elephant was moving some logs with the elephant and the kid was like straying in there and uh, the guy yelled, hey, get out of the way, you know, and uh, um, you're going to get hurt. And the kid uh, was thinking, oh, that elephant drover is God and the elephant is God and the logs are God and you wind up getting hurt <laughs> with the trees. Exactly, so exactly. He went back to his uh, teacher and he, and he told them the right. story and his teacher right. said, well, you're right. Everything is God. But why didn't you listen to God on top of the elephant until you get out of the way? <laughs> well, that's true. There you go. And again, I think there's a there's a there's a rationality that sometimes we deny in our lives. When I say we, I'm speaking in in general terms. Uh, we can get so caught up in this quote unquote positive thinking of. of area, if we will, that we abandon rationality, and we can't do that because the bottom line is we are living in a uh, third-dimensional world of flesh, blood, and concrete and steel. And again, that's why a universal consciousness of God, if you will, has provided us with left-brain logic and the ability to analyze what we see in the third, in the third dimension and then uh, utilize creative thinking to see if we could surmount some of our challenges and create new dimensions of health, well-being, athleticism, science, whatever the case might be. If we can transcend beyond the box, we have to exist within the box. You know, I I compare it also to poetry. Uh, I have a poetry collection, uh, which I'd like to send you a copy at some point. I I think you might enjoy it. Uh, uh, most poets, when they start writing, they write free verse. Everybody writes free verse. One line, there, it has uh, uh, 15 syllables. The next line, it has seven. Uh, 
then you learn, you polish up your art, you polish up the art of poetry, and you realize writing in pitometer challenges you to express that creative vision that you have, but within the confines of the material world. So you're working within that box, but still be, uh, you have the ability to express your creative vision, if you will. And I, I think I compare that to thinking bicamerally. I mean, it's really the same thing. Yes, and all artists, in a way, working within the limitations of the medium uh, that you're exactly. using, finding a way to express something timeless uh, in something that's bound not only by time, but by the, the tools of its medium. So, um, yeah, I'd love to read your poems. Uh, I love reading your writing, and I love conversing with you. So uh, th- this is a new dimension uh, to explore. Well, that's I, I think, I think uh, writing uh, uh, metrical poetry as opposed to free verse, uh, looking at the two art forms, it gives you an idea what we, and you explained it very well, of actually what we're challenged with, especially those who are seekers or those who are on the fringe, if you will. I hate using that term, but many in the community do use it. Those of us who are seekers, uh, we understand that challenge of working within the box and yet reaching for new ideas and new dimensions again. And that's why I think... Uh, studying the bicameral uh, uh, system, if you will, of thinking is so vital and should really be taught, as I've said many times, in every educational institution because I think it explains a lot of things in terms of what we deal with in our daily lives. Oh, very, very uh, true. And uh, like with uh, exercising, as has been discussed many times on uh, this show and many others, that... uh, um, it's a very unique thing, and you need to find what works uh, for you. And I found the same is true of uh, philosophy uh, and spirituality mm-hmm. and uh, you know metaphysics, whatever you want to call them, that um, if you like lifting weights or having muscles, there are certain ways you can do that. And you need to find what works for you for now and then change it when it no longer does and you know keep experimenting, learn from your mistakes and your successes, talk to other people and you know so forth. That's what we're all doing uh, together. Uh, and I realized that it's the same thing with uh, spirituality or metaphysics, that uh, mm. just like you can not build muscles and you could do something else, you could uh, build your endurance by running and swimming. You know, you're, there's a lot of different choices in spirituality, too. And in metaphysics, there's a lot of different paths. And ultimately and eventually, because our time is limited on this uh, world and we don't know how much of the time we actually have, um, finding what works for you and then doing the same thing as with uh, the bodybuilding, I found that that's made me a lot happier. Uh, Are there a million different things I'm not considering or that I don't know about? Sure. My ignorance is vast. A lifetime's not enough to even become aware of everything. Um, But I found some things that give me joy and give me peace and uh, give my life uh, uh, value and meaning. Uh, So I found that as I get older, I stick more and more with those, you know, because uh, um, I like life and I like enjoying life while I'm here as much as I possibly can. And the enjoyment factor is essential. And as I'm listening to you describe all of this, it reminds me again of the era I grew up in. In high school, weights were forbidden. You know, you look like an average guy. You look like what was considered average. 
You know, I, I went to school in Newark and in Irvington, and they forbid weight training. In fact, I was carrying, a, I think it was a, a copy of Muscle Builder at the time, and a gym teacher practically laughed at me. He said, what are you doing with that? What are you, you know, like I, I, was, com- I was a complete oddball. So when you're breaking out of that norm, if you will, and you're uh-huh. looking at, you're looking at the, 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 the prototype of the mythological physique, the physical ideal, now you're doing exactly what you just described. Now you're taking that creative mind and it's being expressed. But it's a, it's, it's, it's a task because you have to break out and away from what conventionality has dictated. Conventionality, where, did, where, did it, where does it come from? Well, it comes from whatever society has told us is quote-unquote the norm. So right. what you dis- just described is very true. So we're always dealing with that. The, the accepted norms, if you will, of conventional society, but then knowing full well where creative mind might take us. And that's the exciting. It can be frustrating sometimes because you'll be subject to judgment. I remember that most people felt back in the day, if you were build, building muscle, you went, well, maybe you were a little odd. Maybe there was something right. wrong with you. I you know, I'm correct. sure you remember those days as well. I so the here you are seeking the physical ideal, but no one really truly understands it because conventionality says that's not the way you're supposed to look. And on that note, our journey for today, our conversation um, is uh, nearing its end. How can folks get in contact with you and learn more about uh, holistic uh, bodybuilding and uh, bicameral training? Well, anybody can write to me at the Michael Del Rossi, Box 129. Caldwell, New Jersey. The zip is 07006. Uh, I, I do free holistic counseling uh, using therapeutic vitamins, supplements, and uh, I'll outline a diet if they so desire. What I feel, what I believe is a, a healthy diet cardiovascular-wise and uh, as far as uh, endocrine health. Uh, and they can also order my creative health manual which is uh, available for a $3 donation. Check them on the order to Michael Del Rossi, Box 129, Caldwell, New Jersey, 0706. And they will also receive my laminated Wisdom of the Hemispheres chart, which I think they will really enjoy and get a lot out of. Thank you so very much, Michael. Uh, I look forward to our next conversation. Until then, uh, joyous journeys. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the time. And thank you. And thanks to all who are listening. Uh, we're going to take a brief break. We're going to listen to Cry Freedom by Bum Poets Orchestra. And then we'll be back for Fury and Strength with Ryan Foley.
by a steady trade in lies. They try to hold us back with rains of holy smoke. But I am here to say we will not bear the This is our Age of Heroes show, and our quest is optimal wellness for all. 
Uh, our next host, Ryan Foley of Fury and Strength, is certainly no stranger to health and fitness. And uh, if you've been following his journey, uh, you'll see a remarkable transformation over the past uh, five years. Uh, so I'm very honored to have him here. Greetings and welcome, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing excellent, sir. Thank you for having me back on the program. Uh, it is uh, my pleasure and my honor. Um, I really learn from you, and uh, I enjoy the information that you share. And uh, you had indicated that you had uh, more new and exciting things to share with us today. Yes. And so uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about tonight was uh, one of the things that I'm fascinated with is just the raw data and the science that often comes with bodybuilding. I think that there's a, a general misconception uh, that bodybuilders are all these, you know, big dumb brutes who are basically just picking up heavy weight and setting it back down. Uh, and that's actually one of the furthest things from the truth. There's a, a very legit science to, to this art form. And, and that's what I do consider it is, is to be a bit of an art form. And so I'm always looking for ways to improve myself and to improve my program. Uh, as you've mentioned, I've been, uh, you know, lifting weights and, and really uh, trying to improve myself over the last uh, five and a half years now. Uh, and, and I'm still fascinated on the, how there is still things for me to learn. There's new ways for me to refine my, my program. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's a constant struggle to go through and, and really fine tune uh, what is going to work best for me. And so that, that's really one of the keys, I think, is for anyone who wants to have success in the gym uh, is to be able to develop their gym IQ enough to know if you do this, these are the results that you're going to see. And so that way you can go through and begin to custom tailor your uh, specific workout to uh, what's going to work best for you. Now, some people don't have the availability where they're able to, to be in the gym uh, five days a week. Some Maybe you can just do three. And so you have to be able to, to tailor uh, your experience you know, and tailor your, your exercises to what you're going to do uh, in order to achieve the results that you want. Now, I'm very fortunate in that um, I don't live a tremendously hectic lifestyle. My work is pretty much contained to my nine-to-five job. Uh, my kids are all getting older, so I do have you know, uh, quite a bit of freedom to myself. Uh, uh -huh. They're able to take care of themselves now. So uh, one of the things that I do, and this is just something that works for me, uh, I'm, I'm working out. Uh, it, it gets pretty close to about seven days a week now. Um, awesome. So I have, the, I have the fortunate ability of where I just, I'm able to get up early. I know some people are not morning people, and I get that. I understand it. But uh, so I've gone through and I carve out uh, roughly about two hours in the morning before my nine to five work starts that I'm able to, to head up into the gym. So because of that, I'm, I'm very rarely in a hurry. Uh, I'm, uh, this is uh, what I've adapted this, this program to. It's not, it's not a fad. It's not a revolution. It's not a, someone once asked me whenever I first got started uh, how long I was going to do this. And I said, for as long as I can, you know, right. there is no, there, there's no end date in sight. And I certainly hope that I can get to the age that you're at and be able to, to be at the level that you're at when I'm your age. Uh, you know, so as there is no end date on this, I'm not tremendously concerned with having results tomorrow or even right. the next day. I know, I know that this is a long, slow process. 
And there's actually this fairly unique theory that an MMA fighter uh, up in Canada has established where uh, you should never uh, you should never come away from the gym sore, ever. And and I was like, wow, okay, this is a pretty interesting idea that he has because I get sore at the gym all the time. And basically, his theory is is that if you come away from the gym sore, you've done too much. And now I understand what he's talking about. He's not talking about, you know, slacking off on your intensity, but what he's talking about is, is volume training. And so if you go through, and so let's say uh, your average gym goer, they're killing themselves. You know, they're, they're going as hard as they can and they go hard so hard on Monday that they can't train on Tuesday where, so, so they're only going Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And meanwhile, Mm -hmm. I'm, able to recover a little quicker because I'm not doing as heavy a weight. And so now I'm going through and I'm training Monday through Friday by me going through and doing that. So I'm training two more days a week than you are. And so as a result, when you get to the end of the year, I've done a hundred more sessions in the gym than you have. Who do you think is going to develop the the most results? So it's the thing where we, yeah. So, so once you go through and you start to get this idea in your mind how do you go through it and apply that to, to other aspects? So one of the things that we all dread, I know it, there's no one in here that's going to jump up and say, yes, I absolutely love cardio. Oh, it's fantastic. It's the greatest thing ever. Uh, cardio is just one of those things. It's a necessary evil. We all have to do it. Uh, so I've found different ways to distract myself uh, by you know watching videos or, you know, that's uh, so thank goodness for YouTube. Thank goodness for smartphones. <laughs> Uh, that's where I go through. And you're also kind of getting a little bit of a, of a multitask. I mean, let's face it. It's a, it's a busy world that we're all in and we all have a limited amount of time. So if I'm going to spend an hour on a treadmill, I'm going to go through and I'm going to watch all my late night comedy monologues and all that sort of stuff. Uh-huh. You, you don't really have to, you don't have to focus in tremendously intently. You know, if you can only focus about 75%, uh, then you're absolutely fine. I wouldn't recommend, you know, watching, you know, something from Neil deGrasse Tyson or, or, or you know, a Kyle Hill that does Because Science on YouTube. You know, all this, this, this a very intellectual stuff. But if you just kind of zone out uh, and, and watch some comedy monologues, then, then everything's fine. So one of the things that they talk about, so, and again, so let me tie this back into the other thing, is that there is no end date for me. There is no, uh, and, and, so, and I'm rarely in a hurry. So I've gone through and I've carved out and I said, okay, I'm going to do an hour's worth of cardio every day to get started and to get warmed up. And so by going through and doing uh, a heart monitor and tracking my calorie expenditure, uh, I can, I can burn roughly about 500 calories in an hour uh, on the treadmill going at a, at a fairly decent, a decent pace. It's, it's no more than 3.2 miles per hour. Uh, and, you know, with about a 5% incline. Now, I have been messing with the numbers here over the last couple of weeks to try to get my heart rate a, a little more elevated. So that way I get more mm-hmm. into, the, into the cardio phase. And so the thing is that so there's, there's two different types of cardio that you can do. And so there's, there's what's called, uh, I don't know if it's H-I-I-T or if they call it HIT. I'm, I'm not certain exactly what, the, you know, what they call it. Uh, but uh-huh. uh, there's high intensity interval training, which is basically you sprint for, let's say, 15 seconds and then you walk for 45. 
and okay. then you sprint for four, you know you sprint for 15 seconds and then you go for 45. So in order to do that, the way I look at it is I only have so much energy in my tank, and right. by going through and sprinting, I'm draining that tank so much faster by going through and doing that. And uh, I'm I'm a bigger guy. I'm not really designed for sprinting. But if I was going to be a serial killer in a movie, oh, I'd be great uh-huh. because then I could just walk, you know, and, and track you down. <laughs> but I'm not going to run after you. So, again, we're going through and we're, we're doing the numbers and, we're, and we're, we're crunching everything. And so what I've discovered is, okay, so let's say you've got – so I've got me. I've got an hour carved out. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to do this slow, steady pace at a decent incline. My heart rate's elevated. I'm doing good. And I'm going to burn 500 calories. Now, in the meantime, this other guy over here who's next to me on the treadmill, he's jogging, but he's only going to be on there for 30 minutes, and we're going to burn through the same amount of calories. Well, if I'm not in a big hurry, and I know that that jogging is going to drain my tank so much that I'm not going to be able to switch over for the second hour and do my Uh, weightlifting, I'm better off doing that slow, steady pace. So, again, this is something that works for me. So as a result, while it doesn't, so you can look at me and just go, that guy's just doing three miles an hour. And he's, you know, he's got the incline at like a seven. He's not working that hard, but they don't know that this is the seventh time I've been in the gym this week. This is the seventh, this is the 21st mile that I'm sitting here walking within this week. So this is where you have to kind of throw that ego out. You don't have to Mm -hmm. go through and break your neck and, and, and kill yourself to, to get these results. So that's what works for me. Now, there may be other people out there that, you know, sprinting is their thing and they do enjoy it. And so by all means, if that's what you want to do, do. Uh, But so for me, it's it's the scale of getting to that 500 calories uh, and then I'm shutting it down. And then if I can go through and if I can work a little harder and get there a little faster, okay, so that just leaves me a little bit more free time to go through and lift weights. So the argument that we always seem to come across is which is the superior method of should we do cardio or should we do weightlifting? And there are advantages and disadvantages to both. Now, right. one of the things that we've talked about here uh, multiple times is I'm, I'm a big fan of antagonistic sets because what we're doing with bodybuilding as opposed to powerlifting or, you know, where they're, where they're lifting the really heavy weights. Bodybuilding is more about building an aesthetic and so as a result, uh, the thing with bodybuilding is that you, you're developing everything. You're developing everything symmetrically. Schwarzenegger talked about how he wanted to have uh, – you want to have your biceps be the same uh, uh, circumference as your calves. So if you've got little tiny chicken legs and you've got you know, the big biceps, everyone can tell, okay, you don't train legs. Right. Uh, so, you're looking to, so you're looking to build this, this aesthetic look. Uh, so you're going through and you're maybe not lifting a, a tremendous amount of heavy weights. But so what I like to do is I like to use the antagonistic set theory. Now, this was something that was laid down uh, in uh, Joe Manganello's book, uh, Evolution, where he basically talks about how for every push that you do, you're going to go through and you're going to counter that with a pull. So, uh, so imagine, if you will, for every bench press that you do, you're going to go through and you're going to counter that with say like a seated cable row. So okay. the first, uh, you know, so the first uh, bench press, you know, you're pushing the weight off your chest 
And then with that second set, you're pulling a weight to your chest. So you get that nice back and forth motion. Uh, another way that you could look at it is, okay, for every time you do an overhead press, uh, you're going to balance that with a lat pull down. So that way okay. you're getting that full range of motion, that full up and down. Well, the other benefit of doing this, and I think this is really cool, is that so you go through and you do your bench press, and then you move immediately to the seated cable row. So in a sense, your chest is allowing to rest, but you're still continuing to work. And as a result, so you're working your back while you're letting your chest rest. And so as a result, your heart rate is constantly staying elevated. So if you get to a point where you can get that heart rate up and keep it up, working out with weights can actually turn into an aerobic exercise. And that aerobic exercise allows you to burn more fat, which is what we're all trying to do. So you go through, you do your set of bench press, you move immediately to the seated cable row, you do your reps there, and then you take hopefully what's less than a one-minute break. And then you wash, rinse, and repeat. So by wow. going through and studying, so I've been going through and studying these numbers, and what I've found is that now when I talk about how you're not being sore afterwards, um, I understand that the concept of shutting it down whenever you've reached your peak, but at the same time, you have to maintain this level of intensity. And if you can maintain this level of intensity in roughly about an hour of working out with the weights, I can burn the same amount of calories that I burn while I'm on the treadmill. It equals out to about 500 calories. So I can get done with the end of my workout. If I'm in good shape and, you know, and, and I'm able to push myself for those full two hours, which is, it, it, let's be honest, it's, it's pretty difficult to do, but I can burn yes, through 1,000 calories. So when you combine that with when I'm going through and looking at my diet, it's like, wow, okay, so my workout here in the gym, I just burned through, you know, I, I got through breakfast, I got through my morning snack, and I got through a pretty good portion of my lunch before I ever got, before I ever got to, to zero calorie neutral. So, all right, so yeah, I'm, I'm doing a good job in that regard. So the issue is, so which is best for you? Is it better for you to do cardio or is it better for you to do weightlifting? And while I know this sounds like a bit of waffling, it's actually both. It's where you need to do a blend of the two. Because uh, so for five years, I've been working out at this wellness center up in, uh, in the town where I work, uh, provided uh -huh. by the Cherokee Nation. Now, the Cherokees, they, they did the math, and they said, okay, if we go through and we build this center, it's going to cost X amount of dollars, but in the long run, it's going to save us money. Uh, so, because our people are going to be healthier. So they're going to go through here. They're, they're going to work out here at the gym, which means they're not going to be in the hospital as much. So the Cherokees really went through and, and, and did this, this nice little facility. Uh, but then, but unfortunately they're closed on the weekends. So I kind of wanted to up my game. So back in November, I actually joined up with a, a nationwide, uh, chain gym. Mm -hmm. So I go there on the weekends or, you know, or I go there on Friday nights or something like that. So I can get some stuff done. And so that allows me to view a little bit more of a different landscape of when it comes to your average gym goers. So, and, and you get to see all the different types. Now I certainly don't want to sound like I'm slamming anyone because I'm, I'm not, uh, but uh -huh. there are certain types of people that, that will come into the gym. And uh, boy, I tell you, those girls, they get on those cardio machines and they go, you know, and they're in there and they're getting it done. Uh, and then they shut it down and, and they leave. 
So what the doctors, and this is medical science. This is not just me talking. They've got medical science to back this up. So the problem with cardio, uh, one is that it, it, doesn't, it doesn't exactly fuel the ego. I know you say that. I, I know I talk about it all the time how you, how you have to set the ego to the side. But uh-huh. no, guy, no guy has ever been working on the treadmill and having a great day. And it's like, oh, man, this was a great cardio session. And then he jumps off the, the treadmill and flexes his thighs. And it just it, it, it doesn't work that way. But conversely, I can go through and get a good pump on, you know, and really get those muscles all filled up with blood and you're feeling great. And you do that contrapposto stance, you know, and, and you flex your biceps and you just feel great, you know. So uh, what they've proven medically is that you can go through and you can do the cardio. And the cardio is great. It's great for your heart. It's going to give you more stamina, which is going to allow you to lift more weights whenever you shift to that. Uh, but at the end of the day, once you jump off that cardio machine and your heart rate goes back to normal, the burn stops. Whereas if you go through and you work out with weights, that burn lasts longer because the, what you're essentially doing, whenever you go through and you do uh, the weightlifting, what you're actually doing is you're tearing the muscles apart. You're doing these little tiny micro tears all within your muscles. Uh, and uh-huh. so then when they stitch themselves back together, they get a little bigger. Uh, so the, the, the argument is, okay, so you tear your muscles down in the gym, and then you rebuild them with your diet. But so whenever you go through and if you combine those two, so that, that burn that you get from tearing those muscles apart and your body stitching those muscles back together means you're going to get a longer burn throughout the day in order to burn fat. And that's, I mean, let's face it, that's what we're all attempting to do is, is to shed that fat. So by using a combination of the two, and there have been, there, there's a few people that I've uh, established a, a little bit of a rapport with just enough to where I can joke with them, you know, just a little bit uh, and talk about how, you know, I'm going to get you off that cardio machine. I'm going to get you over here with me lifting weights because to me, lifting weights is where the, re- the real results come from. So. Right. Uh, so for me, I, I'm an advocate of, of lifting those weights, but yet I also have to, I, I also have to improve my cardio as well. So you have to find a balance between the two. So the thing is, if I tried to do two hours of cardio, I think I would go insane with boredom. You know, it's uh, because you know you just you're going at the same pace. That's no good. But in order to maintain two hours worth of intensity while lifting weights is very difficult to do. And, and then you can go through, and I've actually tracked my heart rate you know, uh, with an app while I'm going through and working out. And no matter how intense you go in the weight room, there's always going to be those moments where you have to trade out your plates or, you know, you, so you're setting up for the next round of exercises. So there's always going to be those moments where that heart rate is going to dip, you know, down below that, that level that you want to be. Whereas with cardio, you can keep it fairly well maintained. So in order to keep two hours worth of intensity in the gym is when it comes to lifting weights is very difficult for me to do. So by doing a combination of the two by, you know, starting out with an hour's worth of cardio and then following that up with an hour's worth of, of weight work. Uh, what I've found is that I've found this, this unique blend of the two, which is going to give me the best of both worlds. So while I know it's somewhat anticlimactic for me to come in and say, okay, so which is better cardio or 
uh, weightlifting? Well, the truth is it's both. Uh, you know, I know that's not the answer that probably everyone wants to hear, but it is. I mean, but you also it also gives you more variety in your training, which is going to keep you more excited as you start moving forward. It's the answer that you found, and you're you're looking very uh, carefully, and you're uh, weighing the uh, data, and you're experimenting. So, uh, it's 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 as good an answer as any, and much better thought out than most. It's, and so that's where, and thank you. I, I mean, thank you for it. It is. It was a lot of that data crunching where I just wanted to know, well, you know, how much am I, you know, how much am I doing? And it it actually came from a place of necessity where uh, I was curious as to how, much, how many calories I was burning while I was working out, especially when I started, you know, really monitoring my food intake and my macros. And I, I started to figure out that if I didn't work out on a day, there was no way that I could get under the calorie count required in order for me to lose weight. So selfishly, I started going through and tracking my, how, much, you know, how much I was working out. Because then I was like, oh, then I can have that pizza. You know, if I go through and I really work hard, you know, and I, and I keep all my stuff down all throughout the day, then I can have that pizza in the evening. And so it, it gave me a, a little bit of leeway there where I could go through and, and experiment a tad. So this is what I'm talking about whenever uh, I think a lot of people think it's just, oh, you're just some big dumb jock in there, you know, just lifting stuff up and putting it back down. Now, there's actually a, a, a fairly unique science to it all. And that science is what I'm fascinated by. And I, so I think that's part of the thing that has, has brought me and lured me in and kept me there. And it also gives you a little something to focus towards. It gives you goals to shoot for. You know, and so uh, you, can, you can kind of start to tell whenever you're slacking off you know, with the cardio as, as far as like – because you get to a point where you know, okay, at this point usually I'm at about you know, 400 calories and, and all oh, right now I'm only at 350. Okay. I'm, I'm going to bump that up a little bit to try to get to that, to that 500. I think that's probably part of the reason why I enjoy uh, doing cardio on like a treadmill because it keeps me going at that constant pace. Whereas if I'm, if I'm at home and I decide, decide to go up and walk at the track, sometimes I can sense myself slowing down, but then only after it's been too late and I have to kind of push myself to get to that state Whereas the cardio on the treadmill will keep me at that steady pace that I, that I want to keep at. So really at the end of the day, I mean, that's, that's the advice that I want to give to, uh, to your listeners today is to go uh-huh. through and really you have to learn what works best for you. I, now th- there, maybe there are some out there that can do the, the high intensity interval training and it doesn't drain their tank nearly as much as, as it does for me. And there is a possibility that I do need to slowly start working my way into that level of training, but I'm just not there yet. I mean, whenever I first got there, started, and, get there. You, yeah, you get there slowly. And whenever I first got started, and this is something that I'm not particularly proud of, but I say it now only to, to let everyone know that, you know, Hey, this is where I started and this is where I'm at now. And so when I first got started, I, I would walk on the treadmill and maybe do three miles per hour. Maybe I could get it kicked up to three, five, maybe four. And that was on a zero incline. Uh, but you were just starting out, though. The, the, right, the I was, I was continued, whereas many people give up, and you kept going. So you're not there anymore. Right. And, and so it, it was one of those things where um, car, I was horrible at it. I was horrible at cardio. So instead I went through and I hit it and I was just like, 
oh, cardio, I can do more, you know, by being over here lifting weights, and I'll turn that into an aerobic workout, and that'll, you know, that, that'll be good enough for me. But what I actually discovered was, and that is true to an extent, but I wouldn't, but if you're just now getting started out, I wouldn't recommend that path for you because this whole thing, this whole thing that I've wanted to do is to help people avoid the pitfalls that I went through. And so what I've found is that you can use weightlifting to improve your cardio strength. Now, it's a little bit harder to translate that over from the cardio over to the weightlifting aside from just, you know, increasing your stamina to allow you to, you know, to let you go a little farther. Uh, so it doesn't quite transition back and forth in equal amounts. But, you know, so it's that thing where if you hate cardio, I get it. I understand it, and I sympathize. So focus on your weight training, but keep that intensity up. And eventually, if you keep that intensity up, you'll find that the, the cardio will begin to improve on its own. Then you go through, and then the, the, more, the better that you get at it, the more you're willing to do it. And so I went from doing a quarter of a mile and being out of breath and, and being just done with cardio to where now I can do three miles in a, in a, you know, before I get started in my session. And so, so there are times where I can hardly believe that. So, that, that is, so for me, it, I'm sorry, go ahead, sir. No, that is awesome. It's, it's incredible that you've built up uh, to that degree. And um, although our conversation started, I think like a year and a half, two years into your, uh, um, your journey, uh, I've seen a phenomenal transformation from that time till now. It's uh, it's amazing how far you've come. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And it's it's just one of those things. It's that that slow, steady climb. And I think by going through and changing my mental focus, in that there is no end date. That I know that you know this is going to be something that I'm going to do for a really long time. And and hopefully by doing it for a really long time, it will allow me to do it for a longer amount of time. Uh, and, and so, again, it's, it's just that, that slow, steady, constant improvement, and you will get there. So there are times where I think it's easy to be distracted uh, by the scale. It's easy to be distracted by, you know, oh, the, the results aren't coming as, as quickly as I would want. And that's where I just have to tell people, you put your head down, you have confidence in the science. You have confidence that the plan will get you there. So put your head down and work. Don't worry about the scale. Don't worry about the results. They'll come. They'll come if you continue to work hard. Uh, and so, so you put your head down, you focus, and then by the time, you know, you've crawled, you know, all the way through the mud, you'll go through, you, you'll pick your head up and you'll look around and you'll go, oh, wow, I can't believe I've, I've come as far as I've come in this, in this amount of time. And so it's, it's just going through and, and trusting yourself, trusting in the system, and then custom tailoring that system, having the gym IQ knowledge to, to customize your program what works for you because if you're not having fun if you're not enjoying it you're not going to keep coming back to it time and time again and that's the i think that's the thing that separates me from many of the other lifters is that i'm happy to be there because i know this is improving my life and i enjoy it and if i didn't enjoy it i wouldn't go back you know day after day after day after day and so eventually you know days turn into weeks weeks turn into months months turn into years and you turn around and you go, oh, my goodness, I've been at this for five years. And, and that's, I think, an amazing thing. It, it is an amazing thing. And uh, also, um, one of the things I find uh, phenomenal about uh, my guests or my co-hosts and um, the folks that come on the show 
is that everybody is very enthusiastic about uh, this particular path. And uh, like yourself, like myself, they don't have an end in sight. This is something I'm going to do as long as I'm able to do it in my life. Um, but all, also the acknowledgement that uh, uh, different things work at different times and what works for us may not work for somebody else, but still the generosity in sharing uh, you know what uh, you found, and that is greatly uh, appreciated. Um, right now, I'm experimenting with heavy bands uh, with the X3 system, and right. uh, I'm getting phenomenal results uh, doing things that contradicted uh, everything I formerly believed I, sh- I should be doing. So uh, um, I had dedicated myself to it for 12 weeks. Uh, I'm halfway through now, and I think I'm going to do another 12 weeks because the the pictures uh, that uh, I've been looking at of people, usually the really dramatic results come after a couple of years, although you will see results in the, in the 12 weeks. Uh, my arms have gotten bigger, my uh, chest, my uh, shoulders, my back. Um, and again, doing something I, I, I would have, you know, like questioned <laughs> before. So uh, um, I like finding things like that, you know, things that break my uh, limited thinking and have me thinking in new uh, ways. And uh, uh, I'm thinking now of uh, when I redo this for another 12 weeks, integrating some of my weight exercises, you know, with this, because I like playing with things, you know, Uh, but I also like giving something some time to see if it works or not. And uh, uh, again, I was very surprised at the results I'm getting with uh, uh, this particular way of exercising, because uh, I too would dedicate a chunk of time to it uh, cumulative, cumulatively throughout the day. Uh, but with these bands, I'm only exercising for like uh, 10 to 15 minutes a day, uh, six days a week. And, and, uh, and I'm seeing okay. results. And that, that was very surprising, you know. And so I, I think that's where it's, it's again, uh, you have to be able to, so not everyone can go through and take the amount of, take the exact same program that I have because they may not have the benefit of those two hours in the morning before their right. nine to five starts. And so as a result, they've got to be able to custom tailor that. So yeah. So if they want to get that quick pump on, uh, th- then yeah, you use the X3 system that you're using anything that makes it more efficient uh, certainly uh, would benefit them. So th- I think that's uh, phenomenal that you've got all these different systems out there as long as you have the knowledge to be able to custom tailor all these different programs to all to whatever works best for you. And yeah, and that's when you'll start seeing the, the dramatic results. Have you ever thought of becoming a trainer or, uh, you know, because you're very passionate uh, and uh, you've uh, immersed yourself in the study and your knowledge base grows and grows noticeably with every uh, show that you've done over the past few years. Um, yeah, and now you're you're you know you're, you're talking like a fitness professional. <laughs> so uh, um, you know per- perhaps that might be uh, an option, or write a write a book on your journey because it's certainly incredible. Well, so the uh, the answer is um, kind of one of those things where maybe in another life. Uh, it is something that I could have gone down. Even going back and rewinding back to when I was 20 years old, uh, clearly I, I don't want to say that I made a mistake, uh, but I certainly could have taken a different path, and I think I would have been a fantastic film director. Uh, but so uh, I think what there's a possibility that could have happened, but right now I'm so uh, comfortably ensconced. I'm in a job that I absolutely love 
for a company mm-hmm. that I absolutely love, I'm going to have to be drug out of there. I mean, there'll be claw marks on the on the floor and on the door jams to, to, you know, if they were to try to get rid of me. Uh, and so I'm one of the the one of uh, one in uh, four people in the United States say that they love their job. And so I'm very lucky and that I do have a great job that works for me. So it's kind of one of those things where I haven't really poked my head up and look around because I'm so happy where I'm at. But uh, having finished my my fantasy novel, which I am promising uh, is coming, it's, I've, I've kind of set that aside uh, to let it sort of marinate so that way I can come back to it with fresh eyes. And I wanted to have something different that I could focus on, and I have slowly been starting to put together a series of – of essays, I guess, for a lack of better term. And then once those essays all get to a point where I think it's more in book form, then it is certainly a possibility that I'm considering of going through and writing this down. So, and I just explained right off the bat, I'm not a medical professional. I'm not a, I'm not a professional trainer. I'm just an average guy who started out probably the same place that you are. So I understand how uncomfortable you feel uh, taking selfies. I understand how you feel embarrassed buying the protein powder and the weightlifting gloves because you think the checkout girl is looking at you going, yeah, like, like you're going to use these, buddy. You know, it's, and even though I know they're not, but it's it's my own, uh, you know, uh, my own fears, you know, that I was experiencing whenever I was first getting started. So I know what those people feel like. And that's where I feel like my voice possibly has uh, – uh, there is a story to tell there, and I think my voice is one that I think people would recognize with. So it is something that I'm considering here down the line, but it's just one of those things, man, there's only so many uh, hours in the day for me to go through and, and focus on work and, and raising three kids as a single father and uh, you know all that sort of stuff. So it definitely is a possibility. It's something that I want to do, but it's finding the time to, to get all that taken care of, which and, and time is the one thing that I'm uh, often you know kind of short on. Well, I want to thank you again for tonight's episode. It was very informative and very uh, inspiring and very enthusiastic and uh, gave me a lot to think about, as I'm sure it did uh, to our audience. How can folks uh, get in contact with you should they wish to do so? Uh, the best way is through the promotion that you give me on your Facebook page. I, I admit I'm horrible oh, at self-promotion, uh, but the, the exposure that you give me is, is the absolute best way. If, if in the future there's any uh, place you'd like me to tag it so that it goes there, I'd be honored to do so uh, um, as well. Um, thank you so very much, uh, Ryan. And uh, um, I think I have a way of making one of your dreams uh, an actuality. Um, so we'll discuss that uh, um, between uh, shows by PM or email. Uh, be well, my sure, friend. Thanks great. again, and I'll talk to you very soon. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Okay, take care. We're going to listen to Brand Kordorian's King of Dreams, and then we'll be back with a third and final segment, and we're going to be meeting or re-meeting Thomas Punton, our latest champion of optimal wellness. Ever wake up for no good reason 
I am Hercules Invictus, and I am greatly honored uh, to be announcing our next guest, Thomas Ponton, uh, for another segment of Mythic Fitness. This is the Age of Heroes, and our quest is Optimal Wellness for All, and uh, Thomas is our latest champion for Optimal Wellness. Greetings and welcome, Thomas. How are you today? Greetings, dear Herc. I'm doing very well. I am glad to hear that. Uh, and I know that you have been uh, um, focused on fitness for many years. Uh, on Facebook, we had a, uh, a quest for fitness uh, several years ago, uh, and you had entered that, and you made a lot of progress, uh, I remember. And now that you're making phenomenal uh, progress last time we spoke. So I wanted uh, to ask you how you accomplished this, what keeps you going, and, and this way start sharing your success with other people. Well, um, bottomless credit, I have to go to my dear sister, Carlene. Um, she had gotten some work on her teeth done, and she looked at mine and said, I, she said, I think you should get some work done on your teeth as well. So I tried to see about going to one of the dentist places, and they said that, well, your heart rate is a little bit higher than normal, so you need to get that work done before uh-huh. we could see about working on your teeth. So then I started going at it, and I went over to our, my clinic, which actually just so happens to be across the street from where I live here, my little town I live in. And so they, they weighed me in and all that, and they had me at like 189 pounds, and they noticed, too, that my heart rate was a little bit above, above normal. So they recommended that I do like about 30 minutes of exercise a day and try to work on you know, bettering my diet. So what I did is the biggest thing is I pretty much cut out fast food like cold turkey. I okay, felt that good. was probably one of the major I felt that was one of the major culprits. And so the strategy I went with is kind of like if you remember the those old ultra fast slim commercials yes, where they I say it, Yeah, they have like they say they would have a shake for shake for breakfast, shake for lunch and then anything that they want during dinner. So I incorporated that principle that basically one meal of the day would be anything I want. And then okay. the other meal of the day and the other meal of the day would be like I would have at home would be either like waffles or some sort of fruit or strawberries, like for example, or Pop Tarts. I've also been eating a lot because that gives that gives that kind of fruit group in there too. And most recently also some ice cream as well. I theorized that because of that, not only does it bring down the calories, but also it helps bring in more of the proper nutrients in. Okay. So in the exercise portion of it, I've always liked to always bicycle. So with a bicycle in hand, I've between August and or August and October, I did a lot of biking around town. Some days I got even as much as to an hour's worth of biking. And as a matter of fact, over the course of the re- of the weekend, when we our coven did our in bulk ulog, where we tell about our achievements over the past year, I had added up, according to the app My Map Run that I used for my biking. During those two months, I biked a good 324 miles and burned over 11,000 calories. 
Wow. That is impressive. Uh, Ryan Foley was on before you was talking about how cumulatively this type of uh, effort like really adds up. And if you get, if you just do as much as you can, as often as you can, you'll be surprised how much uh, you're actually doing. And wow, that is impressive. Yeah. I went from 189 pounds down to now 154. Almost all my pants now I have to wear a belt. (laughs) (laughs) So, so now what, now of course the question is, what do I do now during the winter months? Well, then I just so happen to get a copy of Wii Fit for the Wii U. There's it came out for the Wii, but I have the Wii U version that has the Wii balance board, which it allowed me to, you know, sell my weight. But on it, you can do different exercises like yoga poses. And then there's also ones that are almost like back in gym class. Like, for example, there's the plank where you have to put your put your hands on the balance board and then lift up with your, your feet and then have to push in the balance board so you balance the dot right in the center for 30 seconds. That's like to help exercise your upper body. But then there's other ones that help with your balance. And then there are other exercises like jogging. And they have their own virtual version of biking as well. And what I do on there is this, a mode on it that's like a personal trainer mode that basically you can say, I want to do X number of exercise for 30 minutes, and that's what I do. And I set it to random so that I can guarantee that I've got most of the body covered most of the time. And okay. I'm like, curiosity, I took my sh- I took my shirt off, I showed my sister, and I said, do I look like I'm toned? And she said, yeah, you are. So this has <laughs> worked. Oh, incredibly awesome! And uh, everyone is uh, different. That's something uh, that's uh, true, you know, on a lot of different levels. Uh, but you're eating mostly uh, carbs and fruits, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, two meals uh, a day. So that's a, a different uh, diet than a lot of people follow. But that's what happens to be working uh, for you. Uh, so it, it's awesome that you're getting uh, results uh, on that. Do you also consume protein as well? Oh, yeah, I do. I mean, that was something that my sister also said, too, is, you know, don't forget to reward yourself on now and then. So, you know, I will get a pizza every now and then, too, to, to help, you know, you know, balance it all out as well. Um, um, I had always had a high metabolism, but as a friend of mine also that's worked in medicine a lot of years, Heather, she's told me that when you get older, your metabolism isn't as rapid fire as it was when you're younger. Right. I'm finding this So in that true. theory – yeah, so that theory holds out correctly like that. So basically, just that my metabolism just needed a chase chance to play catch up and catch its breath, which now it has. And I think, in all due honesty, especially get rid of that fast food mostly out of my diet. I, that if you remember that documentary, Supersize Me. Yes, I saw that years ago. Yeah, where he basically was on McDonald's for a month. You know, he noticed that when even like in a week's worth in his. His go-getting and all that had dramatically dropped, and I think there's some merit to that because stopping going to fast, stopping going to fast food, I feel like I'm just going ever getting things done. You know, I'm more up and at them now. That is incredible. This, a theme that I have found too that instead of going to like a, a fast food, if you go to a regular diner for the same amount of money, you can get much healthier uh, food. Uh, from the diner, you know, and it will cost about as much as you'd spend uh, going to a fast food place. So uh, um, we haven't uh, really gone to many fast food places uh, at all, um, I guess, uh, the past half year or so. Oh, certainly. 
um, and one thing I've been doing a lot of times is I would get my food like like from the grocery store, for example. Like for example, Stouffer's has the lasagna, the lasagna and the little tray that you can put in the microwave, and that's only like 270 calories. Um, Jimmy Dean has those little mini sausage biscuits, for example. I also get as well. I mean, it's the same kind of concept, but it's a lot more healthier quantity. And especially mm-hmm. if you continue doing the exercises, it levels you out nicely, at least in my case. Oh, that is incredible. So what happens next? Uh, how are you going to take your fitness to a new level, or are you content with uh, uh, where you find yourself? It seems like it's working very now, uh, very good right now. I think for the most part now, it's just now just to get into rewarding myself every now and then, so that you know I stayed around, you know, around would be between 150 and 160 pounds and all that, and just keeping it wow. keeping it up through that level. And it seems, and it's just amazing that I've only been at it just for half a year, and I was able to pull this off so quickly. I'm just amazed with myself, and everyone's been so proud of me too. Well, I'm proud of you also. That is, that is incredible. And so so basically what you did was you eliminated fast food. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you stick to a healthier uh, diet and you reward yourself uh, occasionally. And you took mm-hmm. something you enjoy doing, which is bicycle riding, uh, and you used that uh, to uh, basically uh, uh, do your uh, daily exercise. So is that yeah, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And especially, especially when you go against the you know, North Dakota is notorious for its strong winds. Biking against uh-huh. 15 mile per hour winds is quite the workout. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I, I could imagine that sounds pretty uh, challenging. Did you also use um, uh, earlier uh, tonight uh, when Michael Dorus was on? We were talking about uh, meditation, visualization, affirmations. Um, I found that my workouts and my uh, a quest for optimal wellness uh, are greatly enhanced when I do these things. Do you use any metaphysical, uh, magical, or spiritual uh, practices uh, in your um, losing weight and keeping it off? Yes, I do. I mean, I do proper cleansing. Like there's a way you can like do a cleansing, cleansing like naturally you would do in a bathtub. Now in my house, I don't have a bathtub. It's just a shower, but you can also okay. do it with a shower as well, where you basically are cleansing out the, toxicity and activity from you and then what i also do um every especially every dark moon i have a dark moon altar where mm-hmm. i will sit before that and meditate and for those of you who don't know um meditating during a dark moon is a good way to get rid of toxicity and negativity from yourself the new moon basically acts as the vacuum cleaner it vacuums ah. up all that dirtiness from yourself okay <laughs> So what type of meditation do you do? You uh, you become still and quiet. Is there anything you fill your mind with or uh, anything you repeat or uh, anything that you visualize? And, and how would you, like, detox yourself uh, during that time? What I usually do is I usually have, like, a music going off of my computer. Thankfully, I have, like, a wireless speaker that I can turn the, turn the monitor off so that I can get the house all nice and dark. Mm-hmm. And I have that in a repeating loop. And then I'll light up the candles and then light up some incense. And where I have my altar at, the the light from the candles actually I'll just I'll just cross my legs and then focus into the candles. And actually when I unfocus my eyes, I can almost see looking like dragon eyes looking at me in a sense. Oh, wow. Because I always I always can 
I always have felt that I've had a dragon in myself as as well as the lion. Uh-huh. Your totems. Mighty totems indeed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so basically I will sit there and uncross my eyes and focus and just like just let them let that all that toxicity and negativity burn away. And I continue doing that until the incense is all burned out, which usually wow. lasts about around half an hour. And I've noticed that by doing so, that helps get my body back into, you know, getting, you know, get all the stress, all the anxiety, all the, the frustrations I've had, get that out of my system. Because it's not only just to exercise, you know, both physically, but from what I have seen, it's also good to do it spiritually as well. Because when you you build up like the anger and frustration in yourself, it can it can also raise your blood pressure and and get you unfit just as much as sit around doing nothing. So you're very active on a variety of uh, levels and keeping yourself uh, healthy and keeping yourself uh, well and keeping yourself uh, um, fit. Um, that is incredible, and you are an inspiration, uh, Thomas, on that and many other uh, levels. Um, and uh, what would you recommend to uh, someone who is thinking about becoming fit uh, but has failed at starting uh, repeatedly? Often people, they try a few times, then they get discouraged, then they stop. Um, how do you get past that? Because you quit fast food cold turkey, and I know in the past with me, uh, I've quit things cold turkey or I've done it like in, in progressive steps. Um, how did you muster up the uh, strength to just uh, cut the uh, fast food cold turkey? Because uh, we live busy lives now. A lot of people rely on uh, fast food to feed themselves. It, it's it's for me. It felt like it was just one step at a time. I mean, I did have some people that, like my sister Carlene, that was cheering me on, you know, from the sidelines on this. But I mean, the best advice I give is to give it one step at a time and start slowly but steadily and have patience. You know, okay. for me, I was lucky that it happened quickly. But you know, for some people, it won't happen overnight. But so long as you don't overexert yourself. Do it a little bit at a time, and then set little goals and go from there. And while it's it is tempting, you know, the biggest thing. See, for me too, it was not only just the it was not just the grocery store, but also going to fast or the convenience stores as well. I mean, they might have burgers and stuff like that. It's not as fattening as it is for like fast food, so that's where I always had went there as well. Plus, the convenience store here here in Castleton has the most wonderful blueberry muffins that I'm so much addicted to. That's the other thing. That's the other thing that I've been eating a lot too. That's so lovely of the bread group. But that's the biggest thing is is to have patience with it. And I know for some people it's harder than others, but it's like climbing that mountain. It will be difficult. It'll be tricky. It'll be frustrating. But after a while, when you see that progress, you can look back and say, hey, I did it. I've gotten this far. And that's what I did, too, from all the sweat and tears that I went through these past few months. And, my, I mean, my wee balance board probably has evidence of all that sweat that I came off of it, but it was <laughs> worth it. <laughs> and uh, um, as we remind our listeners at home, uh, neither of us are medical doctors. Uh, but we're freely sharing what we did and what works uh, for us and learning from uh, each other. So that's the spirit with which we encourage you to take these uh, conversations. 
Thomas, for instance, has had phenomenal amount of uh, success with carbohydrates. Um, being type 2 diabetic, uh, that type of eating would not be good for me at all. But what Thomas is doing works for Thomas, and what I'm doing, which is mostly meat and high fat and very low carbohydrates, uh, works for me. So the goal is by uh, listening to people and what they do to find your own inspiration and to uh, experiment uh, and talk to professionals about what might work for you and then do that. How did uh, the teeth, because uh, this, this adventure started with uh, a dentist. Uh, did you return to the dentist, and what was the dentist's reaction? Oh yeah, that's a, yeah, that's the, that's a very good point to first of all stress enough that yeah, go to your doctor first of all so that she can have the game plan because the thirty minutes of exercise a day—that's what my doctor had recommended after she saw after I did, got my blood test results back. Um, but yeah, I eventually went to the little dentist here in town and all that and. The progress is actually coming down. As a matter of fact, I did take some medication to help bring my, my blood pressure down. And mm -hmm. we've actually worked on getting the most, my, the, what teeth need to be filled, filled in. And I've, I had never gotten my wisdom teeth taken out. And as a matter of fact, today, I just got my right side of the wisdom teeth finally taken out as well. Oh, wow. And, yeah, I kinda healed. <laughs> yeah, I kind of heal fast a little bit too, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, that's... Awesome. But yeah, um, the last time I took my blood pressure now, it's at 117 over 80. So yeah, that was the big thing I felt so happy about that I got that down. I mean, granted the medication did help, but I'm pretty certain that my diet helps helped in that as well because it helped bring that, you know, bring that stress and, and got my body more back into sync. Are you planning on going into any type of uh, athleticism, like uh, become a, um, instead of a bike rider, to become a competitive uh, bike racer? Or uh, is there anything like that uh, for like a future uh, goal? Not as of right now, um, with all that I've occupied with both the Coven and the LAPC and all that, I've, I've got that a lot of taking time. You know, it's not all a question. We'll see in the how how you go on in the future if I if I get that get that athletic I might, it might be a possibility I'm not saying it's all the question but but it's that's the interesting prospect to always look into at some point. Now um, this is a question I don't get to ask very often but I'm, I'm going to ask it of you because uh, this entire initiative is called the Age of Heroes. Um, and uh, I know that spiritually we share the lion totem uh, and also relationship with Athena of the Olympians. Um, so how much of your heroic spirit, and you have a powerful heroic spirit that manifests in many ways, it manifests through your uh, mythic spirituality, it manifests through uh, uh, your totems, it manifests through uh, your pastimes like role play where you assume heroic uh, uh, personas and uh, undertake heroic deeds, how much of your uh, innate um, resonance with the heroic ideal um, come into play here? Because again, you, you made a decision, you followed it up by going cold turkey, and then you stuck with it until you succeeded. Um, so how much of an inspiration was that to you as you were undergoing this journey? It, it was a great inspiration. I mean, Feeling like the you know that I had my family to back me up on this, to continue to keep on striving forward, 
and yeah, if Athena was pretty much like once again like when I always have wor- you know worshipped with her, it's like she was almost like that football coach, you know, keep on going at it, don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it 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 has made me feel like heroic. I mean, if I feel like I'm right 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 to be right there in the front lines of battle, right to charge on forward. It's that I never good. I've felt like in years. <laughs> That is incredibly awesome. Um, what other areas in your life has that heroic spirit um, carried you into victory? Um, I know that we've we've been working on like with our coven. We, we got the, we got a big retreat here that's coming later on this summer and all that, and we've been working on raising money for that and everything. So we have uh, one of our pagan events is called the North Dakota Grand Sabbath, which is held in May, it's like a couple of weeks before Memorial Day. And so I was tasked to do the vending for for us to raise money for that. And so I took the task again, all the stuff that we decided to have for our merchandise, get that all stuff in my car as long as my long my camping gear. And my car was packed and made the long trek up there. And at first it was all like was hot lost because it was kind of been on the cold side. So everyone was saying the lodge, but then one of the others had brought her little vending stuff inside, and so I was like, I think she's onto something. So I there was an open table, so I decided to bring out our vending stuff in, and people started taking notice, and I started wheeling and dealing, and all that, and I raised you know some money for that. That it was a great help and all that, and I I kind of felt like I had my little genius heroic moment there, that you know yeah. I took the chance and went at it. And, and I haven't seen, done vending in ages. That is very good. And I know that uh, the first podcast I was ever on uh, was yours. And mm-hmm. uh, that inspired me to explore podcasting as a way of expression. It took several years um, until that uh, manifested in my life. But it's been a part of my life ever since. So that's one instance where um, I can definitely point to you as an inspiration who um, dared me to explore new ground and showed me the value of uh, something that I hadn't considered before. And I've and I've seen you know this, and I don't know if I can take full credit of it, but I've seen some of the others that I've been close to also working you know on you know bearing their diets as well, especially like that you know dialing tr- back on drinking soda for example and all that. And so that it's it's it, it sometimes it has it speaks volumes and, and it has kind of a ripple effect when you know one person sees it doing it and it's like oh well I'm gonna I'm gonna do it too just as much. So pe- people around you are watching their what they consume and what they do more and uh, cutting out soda that is awesome. Hmm. Have people been it's, coming to you for advice? Because from what you're describing, your results are very visible. Uh, so have people coming up and saying, Thomas, you look great. What can I do to look great too? Not as of yet, but the night's still young. I would be surprised at some point someone does. And I'll, you know, I'll say the same thing like I said on here. And, I mean, the biggest, again, the biggest thing I say is it's patience. That It's just a big key mm-hmm. term of that whole thing. So to stick to it and not uh, not stop, just keep uh, going. Do what you can do now and, mm-hmm. uh, and and keep going, and the results will come. Exactly. So your fitness now is a part of uh, your lifestyle choice, uh, and uh, you're going to stay fit because that's how you're going to live uh, your life. Is that correct? 
That's right. That's right. I'm going to still keep on going at it. And since especially now that I've been getting into beat art as well, that, you know, activity like that helps get, keep my mind off of, you know, wanting to, you know, eat, you know, something out of shape and all that and just keeps my mind in focus. Especially the fact that I've also recently gotten commissions from people asking me to, me to do special beat art. I've almost pretty much paid back the amount of money that that I spent on beads, which I kind of feel happy about too, just as much. Well, that's great. So that's a bold new adventure too, into a new area, and uh, um, to get it to the point where it's paying for itself already, that's a great place to be. Yeah, and I'm I'm planning to do well, probably probably plan on doing some vending on on that as well. So I mean, if anyone you know ever has you know any simple bead art they want me to do, I'll be glad enough to do it. And what because how it happened was that on one of the Discord servers that I'm on, they had an art section on there, and I was posting all the bead art that I was doing. And so one of them messaged me and said, "Hey, you want to you want me to do bead art of one of my characters in role playing line?" And I said, "Okay, I'll give it a shot." And and it took a few hours, and I got it done, and and they liked it, and so I mailed it off to them, and they paid me on PayPal, and I was like, hey, I think I guess I can make a business off of this. Oh, that is great. So another area that you've uh, you're pioneering and you're going to do you have a website for your beat art? Not as of yet. It's that's kind of still a work in progress. But you know, if you if you ever if any of you out there are interested in me doing a beat art. Uh, contact me by Tom Waterwitch at live.com and we'll get something going. <laughs> what is live.com? Is that huh? on Facebook or? That's that's my email address. Oh, okay. But if but if you know if you if you find me as Thomas Button on Facebook, you also can contact me on there too. But yeah, I, I'll eventually get on the making a <laughs> a Facebook page for that as well, just as much so. <laughs> and Athena is again a common inspiration uh, for both of us. How did you first uh, become attuned with Athena? How did you first meet Athena? Has she been with you your, your whole life, or um, is this something that developed a little later on? It was a little bit later on. I mean, as for one that had you know been studying Greek mythology, I'd been in all respect to all the gods. But when I was started in the company and I was working towards my first degree, there is an assignment you're supposed to do about, you know, doing a selection of a god and goddess. And so mm-hmm. for the god, I selected the green man slash Karinos. And for the goddess, there was a few contenders about it, but I decided upon Athena because like her, I'm just like a wealth of information. And furthermore, yes, I'm also, and furthermore, I'm also diplomatic like she is. Yes, you are. Of course, then you know. Of course, then again, you know, for her is also if diplomacy fails, you better run. But, <laughs> <laughs> which so, I mean, I'm I kind of I kind of always have felt that too. That if you know, if my loved ones are ever in danger, I'm always there to defend them, just as much as she would. So that is great. I, I remember when you were first seeking a, a community of like-minded uh, people, and you hadn't found them yet. Uh, and, but you persisted, just like you persisted with your diet and you um, attained the level of fitness that you were looking for. Um, I remember when you were looking for a community that resonated with you. Uh, and that, too, it took a little while, but you stuck with it until you actually found uh, a group of people that resonated very powerfully with you. 
Um, and now you're starting businesses and you're venturing forth uh, uh, into the unknown or the unfamiliar and succeeding. So that that is phenomenally great, Thomas. You're you're an inspiration. Thank you. It means a lot to hear such words like that. You know, I've always have dreamed to hear anyone to say that, say like that, and especially for you to say that. That feels like a great honor. Well, I mean it. You're you're very inspiring, and I know I'm grateful to you for very many uh, things that you've helped with, uh, especially with the podcasting, because um, again, that opened up a whole new world for me. And here we are. Now you're on my podcast, and you've been a repeat guest on my podcast. Uh, so uh, that that was something that you had started. I had not considered that uh, before. Um, as uh, something to do on this particular path that I'm on, and. Uh, um, you opened uh, the possibility. Uh, before then, I had done things as Thor the Barbarian, um, but uh, when I went back to my default name, uh, which I've had throughout my life, uh, and you know, basically decided I was going to remain there rather than wandering into uh, other spiritualities and playing hide-and-seek with uh, my gods uh, until I found them and then uh, coming back, um, I decided, okay, that's enough. I'm just going to stay home uh, spiritually from now on. Um, podcasting was not something that I had uh, considered. Um, but uh, after, again, being on your podcast and uh, um, putting a link to it, uh, it's like, wait a second, this is really good. This is a powerful tool. So I thanked Olympus and I thanked you. And uh, the rest is uh, what it is. And now uh, the, the possibility of like a radio show is on the horizon. The possibility of a TV show are on the horizon. And I don't think they would have been there on the horizon if I hadn't taken the step. It's it's something how you know how the the traverse of you know like the the bar the barflies flapping the wings can create a hurricane on the other side of the other side of the world that it can make such an effect. It it, it certainly does. So, um, what do do you have any other advice to offer to people? Because again, I found with most people that I speak to, that giving themselves permission to do something is like the hardest step or continuing after they failed the first few times. That's a hard step for most uh, people. Um, for me, the answer is just refuse to give up and, and don't worry about how long it takes. It might take, it might happen automatically and magically, which happens sometimes something just falls in your lap, like really quickly. And other times you're at it for years before uh, it happens. But uh, if you don't do it, it'll never happen. Interesting fact to remember is that it took Walt Disney this third try until he finally got off the ground. And, yes. you know, his legacy has grown by leaps and bounds long after its passing. And so, I mean, for someone like him to not give up, I mean, it's, I mean, for, it, that says a lot for any of us at this point. And, I mean, and, I've had my shortcomings and I've had my defeats and, and, I mean, a lesser person could have just curled up and gave up, but I kept on going at it. So that's your advice. Just don't give up. And that's yeah, exactly. Advice, yeah. Um, I think Winston Churchill said that, too. Don't ever, 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 ever. I don't remember how, how many evers there were, but there were a lot of them. Uh, you know, like uh, uh, step back or give up, you know, and uh, I found that that's good advice uh, to uh, – uh, live by. 
uh, aside from fitness and uh, a new business and uh, uh, your budding you know, spirituality in these new systems and your relationships with uh, the powers, uh, are there any new adventures on the horizon that we should uh, uh, be anticipating? Oh, well, I mean, the, the biggest thing is, is that we, I've got, you know, my share of events, both with the Coven and the Lake Agassi Pagan community. I mean, we're already part of starting up on the Lake Agassi Pagan community. We're already starting our, our Sabbaths over the cross course of the year. And, and then I've got, I mean, I've got the, the, the North Dakota Grand Sabbath to go to. And then the couple and the week after that is CoreCon, which is a sci-fi geek convention there. I'm not, and I know at least for an NTGS, I might be vending there for my beat art if I can get in. And then of course, and then of course in the fall, there's ValleyCon, that's also a convention that's held in Fargo as well, which I'm planning to vend. Which this last go around, now my sister uh, was vending there actually, and they of her business of both her books and her figurines that D and D figurines that she told about you told about in an interview with her. And I helped her vend actually there, so it was interesting to do it on that side of the fence. Uh-huh. And so hopefully, so hopefully if they're if they're vending again this year, that actually I could vend my my beat art right next to them as well, next door. <laughs> that, that is very true. And uh, just to share with our audience, because we're running out of time, uh, next week you're starting a new show, and maybe you can invite your sister on as uh, your first guest. That would be awesome, so we can catch up with uh, what she's doing as well. Uh, and uh, that's something I'm greatly looking forward to. And, uh, you know, I'm available as a guest, uh, too. So uh, that will be like a reunion uh, to be on uh, Thomas Ponton's show. Oh, uh, certainly, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'll, try to, I'll start working on getting that all ready and, ready and set, and, we'll, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> and uh, how can people contact you? Uh, they can reach me by email uh, at uh, Thomas Punton. Or Tom Waterwitch at live dot com. They can find me on on Facebook at at uh, Thomas Button. Just look up that name. Uh, they can find me in Discord in the, under the name of Lionhearts number four eight eight eight. I'm on a few servers on there as well. I don't have my own personal server, but you can always find me on Discord on there just as much. And then I got the Great North Pagan podcast on on YouTube, and then eventually here, and I'll probably post it at some point. I'll get a Facebook page for my beat art business that just is starting the boss in the running. Awesome! And when you do, let me know, and I'll link to it. Certainly. Thanks again, my friend. You're awesome, and I look forward to our next conversation uh, next week. Uh, until then, joyous journeys and amazing adventures. Thank you so much, Hercules. Take care, everyone. Okay, take care. And to all who've joined us at home, thank you very much. Until next time, this is all of us wishing all of you joyous journeys and amazing adventures as well. And now I'm going to, instead of playing the normal closing of the show, I'm going to play Bone Pots Orchestra's Evolve uh, until they cut us off, uh, because that's what we all need to do. We all need to grow Uh, past our current limitations and experience uh, the wonders of creation.
One thing evolved. 